and welcome to episode number 59 of the Canadian Prepper Podcast. We're recording March the 15th, 2020. My name's Eric. I'm the host of the show based in Southern Ontario, hunter, target shooter, ham radio operator, and computer geek. Uh, as a first responder, I've witnessed an over-reliance on emergency services during major events. I started a small preparedness company to help people get prepared and better look after themselves for at least 72 hours, if not longer. And that's still a pretty long intro. Yes. I'll try my best. I'll try it more next time. My name is Ian, and I live on Vancouver Island. I'm an outdoor enthusiast, sports shooter, and my farm's designated handyman. I'm Alan. I'm a safety trainer, first responder, security expert, and overall safety nerd. I'm Gavin, TP and hand sanitizer hoarder, volunteer first responder, CCFR field officer, and instructor with Ragnarok Tactical. My name is Tyler. I live in northwest Wisconsin. Besides prepping, I'm also into homesteading, metalworking, engines, guns, and the great outdoors. Hey, if you want to help uh, support the show and keep the Canadian Prepper Podcast on the air, you can buy a Canadian Prepper Podcast t-shirt at uh, prepperpodcast.ca. All the proceeds help keep the lights on and the backup generator fueled. They are really comfortable t-shirts. They are. They are. If you're enjoying the show, please take a few minutes to like us on Facebook and submit a review on iTunes. Also, we want your feedback, good or bad, or if there's just a topic you want us to cover. You can email us at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. All right, so we've got some uh, contagious content for you in this episode. But oh, uh, we're going to start off with some uh, preparedness-related news articles. Uh, next, we're going to let you know what we've done uh, for preparedness since our last episode, and then we're going to get into the main topic, uh, and that's uh, going to be on the coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's there's really not much else to talk about right now. There's nothing no. else. <laughs> no, there certainly isn't. I mean, we're, this is this is uh, this is likely as close to an SHTF situation as we're ever going to see in our lives. Hopefully, anyways. Hopefully, uh, the uh, the big th- the, the the thing that I got aside, we're not going to talk. I'm not going to talk about stats and volumes of infections and all that stuff. Um, the airport airports have put in new screening updates, uh, and that's our that's our big thing. So anybody coming back into the country from <clears throat> say Japan uh, will have to go through a new set of screening before they're allowed back into the general public. A little too late, isn't it? Well, better late than yeah. never. Maybe. Oh, it's a good idea to close that gate after the horse gets out, right? Yeah. 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 Well, that stops them from getting out again. <laughs> so are they just screening or are they implementing a mandatory 14-day quarantine for everyone uh, coming in? As of current, there is no mandatory quarantine. It's all okay. still. It's just screening for fever, basically. Screening still for there. fever. Yeah. Screening, screening for whether they were in, whether they traveled through a hot, a hot zone as well. Okay. Uh, mostly, I think it's going to give them an opportunity to kind of catalog uh, the most at risk and track their movements through the uh, through the course of their fourteen days incubation period. Right. Got it. All right. So we will move into some news articles. All right. So for myself, I had the first one. That we might as well talk about eighty five percent drop in cargo shipments to the port of Vancouver right now. So hmm. as a, the ships take about two to three weeks to cross the ocean, well, since China shut down their factories, the ships stopped leaving the harbor. And uh, now the little gravy train of ships has stopped, and yeah, it's, it varies in, in stats, but up to 85% of the cargo ships have stopped coming in. Wow. So as the distribution centers dry up in a couple weeks, then I guess you're going to start seeing some uh, shortages on the shelves. Hmm. Absolutely. Man, I already saw some this weekend. Yep. <laughs> what did you see for, uh, for shortages? Uh, I mean... Toilet paper and hand sanitizer for one were certainly <laughs> lacking. Everybody's seen that one, but uh, I mean, certain places. I mean, it was weird because some would have stuff, some wouldn't. But like canned goods and like dry pastas and stuff like that would be completely gone. Like the the meat section would be decimated. 
uh, especially like the beef and chicken. Pork was still somewhat abundant, but yeah, the pork and chicken or the beef and chicken were definitely like very, very low in, in everywhere I went into. Mm-hmm. Well, it's also a combination with that uh, swine flu they've been having because like uh, I think a quarter of the yeah. pigs have been killed off because of the swine flu in China as well. Yeah, uh, frozen frozen vegetables were were gone too. Frozen pizzas, though, all of them still there. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Just waiting for the nuke to go off, right? Yeah. <laughs> There's that perfect time and distance where all the all the frozen pizzas will be yep. absolutely perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um, the good news about toilet paper is a lot of it is actually produced domestically. Um, there's a, it, it, there's a lot of a lot of paper products being produced in North America, so that will likely not be a long term problem. The only thing is, yeah. is the plastic packaging that comes in normally is made over elsewhere. Like so, unless they want to start developing a, like a, a paper bag wrapping for it, which case is going to require a whole retooling of the factory to cover it in paper. Uh, there'll be a short term problem because they'll have the product and we'll be able to like send it out. Not just paper roll the toilet paper. Yeah, it's basically a couple extra rolls of paper towel and toilet paper just to wrap it together or something. Yep. Yeah. yeah, just wrap the toilet paper in toilet paper, and you have yeah. more toilet paper, and then yeah. charge triple for it. Oh yeah, there guys. Go. I, think, I think we need to sell this to to uh, Kimberly Clark. Yeah, and they'll pay for yeah. it. People will pay for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah, but uh, for for all you preppers out there, if if you need a hack because you don't have it, you can take a thing of paper towel and cut it in half, and then you get two rolls of toilet paper. Just don't flush it down the toilet. Yeah, please yeah. don't flush it. Well, unless you like your local plumber and want to support him. Oh, true. Yes. When no, you no, go, hey, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't want—I don't want anybody coming to my house to fix things. I don't want—I don't want strangers in my house. Yeah. yeah. Or you hate your Fair septic enough. tank. If you like—if you hate your septic tank too, it's a good yeah. way to do it. Yeah. yeah. Good point. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what's the difference between hoarding and prepping? Just out of curiosity, anybody got a good definition of that for me? Well, hoarding is a disease. Prepping is prudent. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. One, one is done with a purpose. The other uh, one leaves you with five hundred rolls of toilet paper and no yeah. food. I see. Yeah. Prep- Prepping is something that's more realistic in nature than <coughs> food, you know, maybe a bit of extra gas, you know, a battery or yeah, two. One, one's Hoard- a compulsion, I guess. Yeah, hoarding is like the last minute panic buy or something, I guess. But interesting that there's an article for the next one I, I mentioned that uh, they said hoarding is not essential. And uh, they're talking about all the cor- coronavirus hoarders. And I was like, first they start off with the toilet paper purchasers, which I agree with. You know, it's just stupid. That's not the, the first yeah. thing you should really think about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then they turned around and said, well, people that have been prepping for years are just hoarders as well. And I'm like, <coughs> no. no, not quite. Uh, well, no. So I, like hoarding is specifically a collection of a is typically defined as collection of a specific item for an unknown purpose. So somebody who hoards, um, hoards, um, like old newspapers, right? There's no benefit to having those old newspapers around, but it's a compulsion for them to keep them around. That's hoarding. Mm-hmm. Having a good supply of things on hand is not hoarding. That's just a good idea. Or yeah. unless you went looking for canned goods, you couldn't get anything, and the person that has them is now a hoarder in your eyes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a good reason to take it from them, right? Yeah, and then right. that's totally a good reason to start a fist fight with them in the grocery store. Yeah, or draw mm-hmm. a gun in Loblaws or you know, yeah. stuff yeah. like that. Totally fine, yeah. Yeah, yeah, makes total sense. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> so the last news article I wanted to cover off was uh, a very interesting one because you know the government's been underplaying it, the media's been overplaying it, and now we got a bit of a crossover show because the Ottawa health minister there um, decided to say that we've only got was it ten cases of something in Ottawa, but as far as she's concerned, there could be at least a thousand. Which I was like, oh, okay. Hmm. <laughs> That's just, quite a jump from ten. 
yeah, it's out of the blue. She's like, yeah, actually, I think it's a thousand. Uh, but you know, we'll know soon enough. And I was just like, that's kind of out of the blue. It's, I was expecting that from like CBC or CNN, but nope. Hmm. So uh, it's just an interesting uh, one from a, a government official. So I put the link for that one as well. Yeah. Um, only news article I had, uh, I just included the link. Um, so it was on Friday night. Uh, it was just after midnight, so I guess it was technically Saturday. But uh, the House passed the Families First Coronavirus Response Act. So this is kind of the second round of funding um, coming from Congress. So last week, I believe it was uh, 8.2 or $8.3 billion released. Um, so this is kind of the second round of that. And this legislation is going to provide paid leave, uh, establish free testing, um, protect public health workers, and provide important benefits to children and families. Um, so if, if, any, if anybody thinks they'll be impacted uh, economically, this would be a good, good thing to go read, at least if you're in the States here, um, see if you would be eligible for any of that assistance. Well, it's actually kind of funny to listen to because, like, our prime minister claimed that, that he would be supporting families that are losing income or, you know, any expenses incurred because of self-isolation or whatever. But if people aren't working, they're not paying taxes, and that's the government's main source of revenue. So how are they going to pay mm. for it? I guess right. more or more? Yeah. Don't worry. The budget will balance itself. It's fine. Yeah. 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 I've, been, I've, been, I've heard that before. Yeah. Well, China yeah. caused it. They should be paying for it, right? We'll just borrow from yeah. China and not pay it back. That's not all. <laughs> I wonder how well that'll go over. <clears throat> yep. Although, hopefully, anyone in, in the U.S. that is affected by any of this isn't in that town in Chicago, in Illinois, where the, the mayor recently uh, prohibited the buying of alcohol and guns due to the coronavirus. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. No, no fun allowed or what? Yeah. <laughs> Never is in Illinois. Yeah, you, you're, you're, on, you're on lockdown, so you're not allowed to buy alcohol or guns because <clears throat> public safety. Yeesh. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Shall we uh, move into what we've done lately for preps? I believe we have a sponsor for that. Oh, hey, I'll, I'll do that. Uh, <laughs> uh, what we've done lately for preps brought to you by Super SE Straps. They make really cool stuff. Go visit their website, superessestraps.com. It's in the show notes. And uh, order some order some stuff. Tell them we sent you. Awesome. Good, good, good tools. Fantastic, to- fantastic toys. Uh, so for myself, uh, I've topped up uh, some ammo, which I got a good chuckle when Canpar showed up while I was away at work, and uh, my wife accepted the package, and as soon as I got home, she's like, of, of course you ordered ammo. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Have you seen the news? Uh, evaluated our uh, current supplies and uh, filled a few last-second gaps. No, it wasn't TP. I wasn't running off to the store to freak out over that. Um uh, Tuned in the worldwide uh, hamnet on DMR on the Brandmeister uh, 91 channel on Saturday there at uh, 1600 hours UTC uh, or 12 o'clock uh, Eastern time. And I just listened to everybody report in from across the globe. So it was kind of neat to, uh, to listen to uh, everybody kind of checking in and talking about what's going on. Uh, if you want to see a list of everybody that uh, did check in, it's published on a website. It's uh, ac2he.com. And uh, there's a whole list of uh, everybody that checks in if you're kind of curious about what areas were covered off. Uh, and then uh, my water distilling was finished. Um, somehow, I, I think I did something wrong, or maybe right, because it turned into whiskey and cinnamon whiskey. So yeah, nice. Yeah, don't know how that happened, but you know what? I'm not going to complain. And uh, yeah, just topped up on some prescriptions and made sure we've uh, we've got them all uh, up to date and filled for uh, a couple of months now. So mm-hmm. nothing to worry about. Did the uh, uh, pharmacist ask you anything about like going out to 90 days or did they kind of hesitate? Because I've heard some stories that they're starting to like bulk a little bit about giving them out. Yeah, I had no uh, no hiccups, no problems, nothing. Um, got it filled at Costco. Just walked in actually today and they're like, yep, yeah, here you go. No problem. See ya. 
Nice. Wow. Yeah, I had actually emailed into my doctor about <clears throat> two or three weeks ago, um, citing exactly my concerns for shortage supplies and prescription meds and never even asked the question, said, yep, your 90-day prescription is ready to pick up at the pharmacy tomorrow. Yep. So That's, that's nice. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, as for myself, I uh, decided to skip the TP run since we're already well supplied with that. We did it before it was cool, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> you just set the trend. Uh, yeah, that's right. yeah. It's yeah. all your fault. Yeah, that's right. Well, actually, it, it, that's actually yeah. kind of, we can't even use the Costco stuff because it's bleached paper and the way it, it breaks down in the septic field, it actually like just gums up the whole system. So mm-hmm. oh. we, we don't even shop at Costco for TP. We actually have to get it from a cleaning supply house to make sure the uh, septic tank stays happy. So anyway, uh, so yeah, I went on a uh, feed supply run. So I went to the feed store and unlike Costco, it was not light up for miles around. It was empty. And so I had a good chat with the, uh, the feed store people and they said it's been busier than normal, but yeah, again, just like Alan was saying, like uh, feed is for the most part produced domestically, so not a big deal. Um, but I thought just sort of have to go out a lot. I thought we get a little ahead of the game on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so you had a bunch of eggs I had to wash up and sell off, so I uh, got caught up on some egg sales, which was good. And uh, actually, I just touched base with the egg customers saying, hey, listen, there's never going to be a shortage on our end. We're just ramping up production, so if you guys are short on food, let me know. We got lots for sale. So um, that was good, and I got a couple of extorters out of that. Uh, checked in on the parents and neighbors. So I had a little meet and greet with the one neighbor at the fence who maintained like a three meter separation. And, uh, it's kind of funny cause he offered me a beer and I was like, ah, oh, do I, or don't I? It's, it's, you know, it's one was of those things. Corona? It was not a Corona. <laughs> you're, you're fine then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we, we talked about him and, and his uh, supply and he knows I'm on the podcast here and stuff. So we talked a, a little bit about that and, um, yeah, they're, they're squared away. They used to live up in uh, the high Arctic. So, yeah, they're better than the average Joe for supplies. And uh, he's a hunter as well. And he's got plenty of wild meat in the freezer and stuff. So he's good. I checked on my parents, which was also important because they're of the target audience for the coronavirus um, uh, age-wise and health-wise. So uh asked them if they'd made sure that they've got enough to, you know, weather the storm and not go out all the time. But, of course, my mom was raised in rural Saskatchewan in the 50s. So... <laughs> <laughs> like jarred goods is, is kind of their thing. So they're, they've got a full freezer, full pantry, full everything. So they're not going anywhere for a while. So that's good. Nice. Um, see here. I did a couple CGN deals. I took possession of a uh, couple new toys and sold one off. Uh, assembled a long distance rifle. I thought I'd uh, get into long distance shooting with a couple of the guys, some uh, Patriot podcast there. Uh, so we have some more stuff to, in common to talk about. And I actually got an offer from one of the local long distance shooters to uh, take me out to, to give it a try. So nice. um was unable to make the schedule work this week, but I'll try and do it next week. Nice. Uh, but I put together a nice 700, uh, Remington 700 long distance rifle with a little uh, specialized chassis for it. See here, service the Berkey. So uh, last set of filters I got from Eric there, I, um, they're coming to about halfway through their service life, I think. So I you know, stripped apart the Berkey, took the toothbrush, scrubbed off the filters, made sure everything's still working good so I don't have to worry about that for the next few months. Uh, nice. I did, did go to Costco. Uh, I picked a time that was not busy and I just thought I'd just do a little recon trip. And yeah, took a couple pictures of the paper towel signs and the toilet paper signs saying, sorry, uh, no luck. And I asked the guy about it. He said, basically, if you're not there within the first 10 minutes, you're not going to get any, which wow. made me kind of giggle. But uh, I had more important goals to get. I had to get peanut butter. Uh, Very wife important. Just, yeah, wife just yeah. took off on a trip and left me uh, behind. So I uh, I took a look at the the storage uh, locker there to see what we have. And I did the first thing I texted her when she got to where she was going was like, how am I supposed to survive the Corona apocalypse here without peanut butter? So now the question, 
Yeah, so had to go pick up a few jars. That that's the only thing I'm guilty of hoarding right now is like a few jars of peanut butter. So, but that's not hoarding. That's 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 for the purpose. We that's for the purpose, that's, right? Yeah. Well, I guess that depends on what a few jars is. I mean, if yeah. he's got five hundred, then yeah, I might be hoarding. But no, it's like yeah, it's comfort food. That's all it is. And yeah. Um, yeah, so then I got invited the very last minute to be a guest on Slamfire Radio this week. So that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And we got oh, to I'm talk. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, no, it was good. They were, uh, <laughs> we had some good good giggles about their their plans for the uh, the apocalyptic boogaloo here for the coronavirus, and uh, it was pretty good. Uh, Adriel's already got plans to eat pe- eat his neighbors right off the bat, and he's pretty much got them figured out in sequential order which one he's going to do first, and going to paint himself up in silver spray paint and go to town. So <laughs> it's like, hey, as long as you got a plan, right? As long as you got a plan, yeah. that's good. Um, so yeah, it was good. Uh, that was the first time on Slamfire for me. Um, let's see here, what else did we do? Order some projectiles. Uh, the wife actually and I had a chat about the smelter issue, and uh, there's no smelters left in the U.S. for lead, and uh, there's a few secondary ones in Canada. That's what it. So most of the lead smelters are in China, of course, and with supply chains being what they are, I thought maybe projectiles might become an issue, and we got proven right this week, it seems. Um, yeah, so I got a couple thousand well, not projectiles. Just projectiles. I mean, people have been buying up ammo like crazy. Well, yes, yeah, there was a um, uh, not in fancy video, another ammo getting going on down in Utah, right? And uh, well, not even even across uh, Canada. I was talking to to Trevor the other day, and he was saying that uh, sixty thousand projectiles in one day out of the store that that he works at. Wow! Wow! Yeah, and again, it's going to be limited, you know, unlimited demand and limited supply. So pretty sure there's going to be shortages, and then it'll be like the Obama years where somebody sees a. Uh, a box of 22, yeah. they're going to grab everything they can there. And then so the next guy comes along and he's out. And then when he sees it, yeah. they'll grab everything that's, that's there next time. And, it's going to be the TP thing all over again, but for ammo. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Absolutely. So I was happy I did that. So um, anyway, I uh, did some minor bits of reloading here. Three trips to the range this week, which was nice. Uh, vacation nice. was awesome. So I got to try out. I had a horrible failure with the long distance rifle right off the bat because it turns out the, uh, the scope rail was busted. So I had to go fix that up. See here, on the homestead here, I disassembled an old chicken coop, and I had to transform. Like I'm clearing out that space and taking the area where the chickens had pooped for the last three years, and giving it about six months now for the poop to mellow. And I'm gonna turn that into a little garden. So I just gotta refence it off, make sure the alpacas can't get in, uh, plant some potatoes, do stuff like that. Uh, so that should be just in time for the fall, hopefully, like for for harvest. And let's see here. I did some lumberjack work here a couple weeks ago, so I decided to pick up those logs, get them ready for the splitter, all that stuff. Changed the oil of the car, fixed a flat on the backup generator wheel for the trailer there it's sitting on. Uh, talked to the mag in Calgary and a couple other places on the DEF CON level. And I actually talked with a few of the guys here on the podcast, what their thoughts are. And uh, I, I don't know about you guys, but I've been getting a lot of messages from like listeners and stuff, more so than normal. And guys that didn't even think listen to the show. Um, yeah. A lot of coworkers, everything else, been getting a lot of uh, listener messages, and um, I guess we're getting noticed, or maybe it's just timely. I guess everybody wants yeah. to know what to stock up on. So, oh yeah, yeah, like that. Uh, remember that five hundred dollar episode we did? I, I put that list on Google Docs, and yep. I've had like uh, I bet you it's at least 10, 12 people asking for the link so they can send it with, to a bunch of the people they know. So I'm like, that's good. Oh, okay, sure, yeah, do your thing. Like mm-hmm. better than nothing. Yeah, so, our, our stats are progressively getting higher and higher. I'll take good. it. Yeah, uh, that's about it for me. I mean, as long as you were only doing a couple of things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like I said, yeah, like, like next week yeah. I'll have even more done. It'd be even yeah, great. Pretty, pretty, pretty light week. Yeah. 
Can you try to do a few more things for the next uh, <laughs> next episode, Ian? Because I will nearly enough. Try to overachieve next week. I'll do my best. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I feel so inadequate by comparison. <laughs> Um, topped up some supplies. Uh, we've uh, decided that every time we go, um, we go into town, we add something to the uh, something to the the pantry. Um, just today, took down a few trees in the backyard, uh, preparation to start our big raised bed garden that we're uh, that we're planning in the spring. Um, found a nail in my tire and patched that. Otherwise, I've been uh, um, stocking up on supplies to keep me busy should I get uh, should I be sequestered I've got a whole bunch of home projects that we've been uh, we've been putting off and if we don't have any excuse to not do them then uh, perhaps I should uh, perhaps I should have the materials here so I've got uh, got the garage kind of jam-packed full of uh, lumber and bits and pieces and get some uh, get some work done around the house if uh, if it comes to pass I've got a lot of spare time on my hands yeah, uh, so for me, uh, probably the same as everybody else, uh, kind of topped off my fresh food supply, like bread, milk, fruits, veggies, things that go, uh, that expire quickly. Um, fortunately, a few weeks ago, I'd taken the time to stock up on canned goods, uh, kind of build up the pantry a little bit. Um, on top of that, I also got uh, comfort food, uh, chocolate, taffy, those sorts of things, and also some beer and alcohol, because I think I'll be stuck at home for a while, and that makes things a lot more fun. Um <laughs> Like Alan, purchased some building materials, some lumber, so I can do some projects around the house, assuming that I'm stuck at home for a while. Uh, topped off all my fuel reserve, filled the cars, filled up the gas cans. Um, in case you guys haven't noticed, gas prices are kind of dropping pretty quick, so now's a good time to fill up. Um, and then uh, as I was going to work this week, something I did, I reached out to the owners of my company, um, requesting stricter hygiene practices and certain protocol be followed by all employees. Um, so I was asking that everybody that enters the building wash their hands immediately before clocking in, touching the computer. Um, we have like a shared shop fridge. Um, so I didn't want people, you know, putting their lunches in the fridge and touching everything. Um, and just asking that people, instead of running out uh, uh, during lunchtime to get lunch out in the public, I asked that everyone pack their own lunches. And it uh, seemed like uh, everyone took my concerns pretty seriously. So I was pretty happy to see that. Good. Maybe you'll get some work coworkers to finally wash their hands after going to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Oh, don't push it. Yeah, that'd be yeah, crazy. Right. What I do in the bathroom is no one else's business but my own. Ian. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of actually. I got a a feedback request card, so I was at my workspace there last week, uh, just before I went on vacation. And for the first time in probably ten years, I swear to God, my workspace had actually been cleaned up by the the actual professional cleaners. And they said, "Hey, can you leave us a feedback card?" I'm like, first time in ten years." And he wants to give you feedback and say that you're doing a great job. <laughs> like seriously, now? Well, I, I mean, it's a hundred percent improvement, right? <laughs> That's good point. Good it is. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I was just like, ah, uh, you know, previous uh, previous ten years we've been doing it ourselves with little, you know, Kleenexes and everything else. But now, mm-hmm. no. Yeah. And I guess yeah, like uh, like everyone else, I, I topped up on some supplies. Uh, you know, I was already pretty decently stocked for myself, but my girlfriend will be moving in with me this week, so. Wanted to make sure that we were both good if we go on lockdown. So, yeah, beefed up the canned goods and dry goods and stuff like that and picked up some extra, you know, ground beef that I can throw in the fridge and the freezer. Uh, didn't buy any ammo because I'm pretty well stocked already, but did certainly load all of my mags and have them all organized. Cleaned a few guns to make sure that they're in good working order. Uh, I'm also in the middle of building a precision rifle, but not, not for myself, but for my girlfriend Angela because uh, she didn't have one. Fortunately, uh, Andrew from uh, 
Canadian Patriot podcast was good enough to sell us his old Remington 700. Nice. Yeah. You know, filled the car with gas, little things like that, ventured out into the public to see the crazy. It was a lot of fun if you like people watching. Oh, yes. Yeah, it certainly... um, What's the opposite of renewed my faith in humanity? <laughs> yeah. Just just confirmed uh, your lack of faith in humanity. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like seeing the people and what they're, they're stocking up on. And it's just like, I mean, they're, I mean, I waited an hour in line for like my half of a cart full of stuff. And there would be people with two, three carts full of stuff and full of like perishable food items or like cases upon cases of water, which, I mean, we know that water is important, but also like running water isn't being threatened right now. Well, right now, pop and chips are pop and chips are a comfort food, but they're not a survival staple. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, A cart full of toilet paper. Like that's not going to do anything for you in the long run. Plus there's a million other alternatives. And in order to use that toilet paper, you need to have food first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> and I'm sure when somebody stumbles across an emaciated corpse, they're not going to say, hey, is that butthole clean? Just out of curiosity. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, nobody cares. Yeah, you never know. Centuries yeah. so, yeah, yeah, like from now, anthropologists will come wandering through North America. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Curious how they all died. Yeah. Nope. They'll, they'll, see, they'll see all these people who have just like dropped where they were from this, hor- from this horrific disease, and they'll, they'll go, man. What really clean buttholes? <laughs> yeah, you know what? The funny thing is going to be is like this whole Corona thing blows over, but then we get some other weird disease because our buttholes were so clean and like wiped raw that like that's where we get it from. Like, and that's what ends the world. Yeah, <laughs> the, the next the next evolution is going to be this like this hor- this horrific like bloodborne pathogen that happens yeah. when we've <laughs> wiped ourselves raw we've started to bleed and then we've still shot through it anyways and we and, and then yeah. we just get sick yeah all right well now that we've scrolled off down that path how about we move <laughs> on to the main topic of the show i thought that was that, the main topic that was the main topic. <laughs> yeah. it used to be for everyone else yeah <laughs> oh geez so we're gonna do a little bit of a different format for uh, for this evening we are going to be talking about uh, coronavirus just like we have been for the last what 26 minutes or so uh but we're just going to open it up to a round table uh, for all the panelists and we're just going to discuss kind of what we've seen in our respective areas and um, not that we've we've already kind of touched on a little bit, but what we're uh, doing to stay prepared and and just basically what we're seeing because we're all kind of spread across uh, across the country. Um, so it's uh, kind of neat to see what everybody's seeing. I think. Well, but even before we go there, actually, I got a, just a question for everybody. Kind of answer that as they see fit. But um, there's like talk of Italy having a more virulent strain than China. Um, do you think that's actually the case that they're having a, a more uh, violent strain than that? Or is it just a case of China drastically underreported their numbers and Italy showing the real, you know, casualty rate and, you know, uh, are not and everything else? I, 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 th- I, I think, I don't, I, th- I think both are underreporting. Uh, I think we have two really different dynamics, right? I think you're, if you look at the average age of the populations, you're going to see that Italy is, um, older and probably more densely populated as a country there are fewer fewer big gaps like china has mm-hmm. and i think so you're you're, you're seeing a fast mm-hmm. spread and you're seeing a more severe reaction because you've got a generally more aged population um and i think that china is also severely under reporting 
Yeah, so I've actually ran the numbers here off of the Worldometers uh, kind of live coronavirus tracker. Um, so right now, China's got roughly a 3.9% death rate. Italy's at 7.3, Iran 5.19, South Korea 0.92, Spain 3.72, Germany 0.19, France 2.34, and the USA is 1.85. And I guess what I take out of that is the numbers are all over the place and we just don't have a kind of good enough data set to really draw any any conclusions from it all. Um, I think we know testing has definitely been an issue, uh, especially here in the United States. And there there is most likely or, you know, almost certainly, you know, thousands or tens or hundreds of thousands of cases out there that are walking around that aren't being tested. So so until those numbers get included into the into the data sets, we, we can't really draw any accurate conclusions, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm kind of the same. Uh, the same <clears throat> there. I, I figure the numbers coming out of China weren't uh, weren't accurately reported off the hop and still aren't being mm-hmm. as far as Italy goes. I figure for the most part, the numbers are, are accurately being reported. But of course, they're, they're going to want to hold back some as well because they don't want to make it look like it's a, as bad as it could potentially be. Okay. Uh, yeah, the same same kind of thought. The, the metrics just aren't there. We don't have a way to record everything accurately yet. And I think we're still mm-hmm. kind of working through a system to accurately report on things and, and capture the data and, and report on it uh, properly. Mm-hmm. I think the one thing we can say for sure is the, the demographic of people that it, that it affects most. It's, it's certainly the elderly and especially those with underlying health conditions. It seems that is certainly the case. It seems that children are, are not being affected um, nearly, nearly as much, if at all. Um, yeah. So I guess that's one good thing. But yeah, I mean the death rate goes as high as what twenty percent if you're over eighty, and then down to like point zero zero one percent if you're under ten. So it's yeah. just like, yeah. I mean, it's not yeah. zero, but it's it's certainly dang close to it, right? Um, and again, if you're if you're not taking into consideration the other physiological factors, right? If that if that child uh, has another has an underlying condition, even one that's undiagnosed, then that that can skew the actual results right um, yeah. so I, th- I think we're what, what we don't know far exceeds what we do know and we're going to work it's going to take probably years before we have an accurate data set yep. yeah i mean one thing though like comparing them so i know a couple of weeks ago everyone was laughing at a story that was making the rounds on facebook where like a local town or whatever when you turn the taps on wine from the local vineyard was pouring out of them in Italy and like, Oh, it's like, ah, that's really funny. Um, how does wine get into the public water supply? Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. So like that, like it's funny when it's wine, it's not funny when the whole country is on lockdown because of a virus. And like, so if wine can get in, other contaminants can get in and help spread things like this. So, I mean, you wonder why yeah. they're maybe seeing, a more rapid sort of, you know, exposure rate. Well, maybe that's why is because their public health infrastructure and everything is, is lacking. Mm -hmm. I mean, not that I imagine that China has the best, especially rural China, but I mean, I imagine some of the cities are a little bit more sophisticated, whereas like the entirety of Italy is built upon the remains of all of the other stuff. And they're still using Roman, you know, aqueducts and everything to to move water around so probably not the most hygienic way to do that and one of the main reasons rome had the issues it it did towards the end was using lead pipes yeah Mm. you know so that's the roman empire fell because people had lead poisoning Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah yeah 
Okay. Well, so I mean, that's it, and yeah. So we'll, you know, we've got it. We've got two really different systems overall, right? And two really different types of populations. And so I think that's why we're seeing two fairly different results. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think at this point we can probably all agree that, that I mean, quarantine is certainly going to help to mitigate, but this thing is is going to have to run its course through through both the U.S. and probably Canada at this point. I don't think you guys are are reporting nearly the numbers we are down here, but. Um, yeah. At this point, the, the the best we're hoping for is is to you kind of always hear it. They want to flatten the curve, um, so yeah. we're not overwhelming healthcare systems, and we still have the you know the necessary ventilators in place for those people that are critical, and that's going to certainly reduce the death rate um, that we'll see. But well, cases per million, we're actually almost tied. Uh, we're at nine per million right now, and you're at eleven. So I mean, okay. like, the case count per capita is on par. Okay. Much. Right, and, and that's probably the biggest thing that scares me is just the the dense population centers. Um, you know, even like myself, I although I work or I live in Northwest Wisconsin, it's a rural community. Um, I commute to the cities. Uh, I, I work just ten miles east of the Twin Cities, which is population of three point five million. It's like the sixteenth largest in the United States. Um, so that's a really dense population center in. And they are starting to show, uh, we've got, as of right now, 35 cases in Minnesota, and they are all centered directly around the Twin Cities. And testing is just not in place quite yet. Um, and I was kind of a little late to get on the podcast here. They're actually just giving a, a live update on, on what's going on there. Um, but, well, and more, yeah. more importantly, when you have a dense dense concentration of cases, uh, those ICU beds that they have to spare, which aren't many to begin with, usually they're running at capacity all the time because... That's the way our healthcare system is designed to yep. pretty much run it at normal ops at 100% or right. more. And so if you have all of a sudden an extra 50, 60 cases in one area, mm-hmm. it's going to overwhelm the system as is. And there's only so many healthcare workers, so many beds, so you know, so many ventilators. Um, then you're going to have people dying unnecessarily because they just don't have something like an oxygen bottle that might have normally saved them. Exactly, uh, and we're kind of see, or at least I, I'm hearing reports of that going on in Italy. They're they're kind of triaging people off. You know, somebody who's younger who needs that that respiratory device to to stay alive, they might pull that from somebody who is elderly, um, regardless of whether they have the virus or not. Just because the, you know, kind of the morality of it makes sense, I guess, is, is yeah, terrible. Anyways, they're probably not going to recover, so let's save the people who can. Exactly, yeah. and all save, we can do is come lot. to that point. But it seems like we might be headed in that direction. Um, well, it's it's the the principle of triage is that you save saveable lives, and and if somebody is is emergent or uh, expectant to die, or expectant to, uh, to to shuffle off their mortal coil, mm-hmm. then you don't you don't waste resources on them. And you, I use the use the term waste in a uh, in a very uh, uh, kind of cavalier manner, but you're not right. using resources that you that would divert from somebody who has a high probability of surviving because somebody. Yeah. Are on somebody that that uh, that has a low probability of survival. Mm-hmm. Actually, one of the things I read today, um, one of the challenges that they're seeing is that the standard um, standard approach uh, within the medical community for somebody having a respiratory uh, respiratory issue, such as um, such as COVID nineteen, is to use uh, like use a nebulizer and a non rebreather mask with uh, supplemental oxygen. The challenge with that is it creates a higher volume of droplet spread, so it's your so instead of just normal um, normal respiration, it's now a powered respiration, and so the virus that you have is being spread further, but um, 
through the rooms, through the ambulances, right? Through the, you know, mm -hmm. it's contacting more surfaces and more people than it would if you hadn't used that nebulizer. Um, so that's one of the one of the challenges that they're having to overcome is that the standardized treatments for that individual might actually be making the community worse. Mm -hmm. And so somebody, you know, two people who report to the ER, one with respiratory symptoms, one without, um, the person without the, the person without the respiratory symptoms may um, be exposed unnecessarily because of the standardized treatment. Yep. And it uh, seems like a, a good portion of the uh, kind of the limited amount of testing going on in the States is because of that. They, um, they are kind of trying to get a, a system that is set up. So people are being tested um, outside of facilities, outside of hospitals. They're pushing for drive through or walk through testing. And they're actually working with the CEOs of Walmart and target and CVS and Walgreens to set up, drive-through testing in those locations so those people that potentially have the virus are not walking into their local hospitals or healthcare providers and then and then infecting those that are already compromised because they have you know other underlying respiratory issues or or what it might whatever it might be but uh, which is why they're visiting the doctor in the pharmacy in the first place mm -hmm, exactly so yeah, drive-through testing that's an interesting way of doing it yep yeah. yep and uh it, it sounds like uh this upcoming week so um they, do, they give a live update just uh, before we came live here on the podcast. And uh, just as of today, so the Federal Reserve lowered rate from uh, 1.1 to 1.25. They lowered it down to 0 to 0 0.25. Um, they're also buying $700 billion in Treasury and mortgage-backed securities. Um, the CDC has recommended that events of 50 people or more not be held for the next two months. Wow. And then uh, um, finally, they, they also kind of reiterated what's going on with the testing. Um, so as of now, there is testing available in all 50 states. However, this is only, or well, for the most part, being done at state labs or CDC centers. And they're using uh, manual collection methods and manual processing methods. Uh, and they reported that's capable of only about 40 to 60 tests per day. So that's why we're seeing such low um, testing numbers still coming out of the states. Um, Within the last 72 hours, they have pushed through fast uh, fast approval of high output testing. Um, they're supposed to be, as of this upcoming week, they're going to have drive-through or walk-through capable of two to 4,000 tests per day. Um, and that's the reason it took so long is because they needed to get all the necessary protective gear. They needed to set up the tents. They needed to get the linkages in place to get those tests back to the healthcare system to to actually conduct the testing. Um, this is all working based off of uh, oral or nasal swabs to my understanding. So it, it's a logistics issue mostly at this point. The, the testing capabilities are there, but it's how do we get these people tested without bringing them into the hospitals, overwhelming the system as is, and compromising people. So, so that's why it's taken so long to get these drive-through testing systems set up. And it sounds like uh, this upcoming week um, is finally gonna be the week that they really get those online. Um, and I think they said two 2,000 uh, um, facilities will be set up this upcoming week uh, with 1.9 million available tests. So it's going to be interesting to see how the numbers grow this upcoming week. Yeah. It's funny how they still try and prioritize or like tie together the economy with an actual health crisis. Mm -hmm. I know they're just trying to prevent a panic in the stock market. I get we've had like another Black Friday here, but I mean... Does the coronavirus really care if we lower the interest rate down to zero? I yeah, mean, I mean, you know, I just think it's just two separate issues, right? Like uh, the herd mentality in the stock market and actual people getting sick are just are two things mm -hmm. tackled differently, but they try and tie it together to uh, to do a double header, I guess. Yep. So, 
correct me if I'm wrong, Tyler, but you just said that there are going to be approximately 2,000 centers set up. Yep. You're going to be able to process approximately 2,000 people a day. Yep, 2,000 to, 2, to 4,000 per day. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you said there's 1.9 tests of it, 1.9 million tests available. Um, this upcoming week, they said they have, for this upcoming week, they have allotted 1.9 million tests available. Um, so that's they're still manufacturing those tests, and, and they'll, I guess they, they didn't they it per week. So I think, I think it's a great idea. Mm-hmm. I, think that, I think that the execution leaves a little bit to be desired because that's, yeah, 4 million, 4 million people per day can be tested. Um, but only 1.9 million tests per week can actually. Right. Yeah. It's, it's uh, government governmenting. I mean, that's what that is. <laughs> yeah. it, 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 it sounds nice in theory until you actually put the math behind it, and then, yeah. and, and then it's five yeah. five round magazine capacities. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's okay. Like uh, one of the listeners mentioned that they uh, went and bought a cordless angle grinder yesterday, so they're all set. You know, yeah, good to go. Uh, hand drill, like power, you know, no battery required. Hand drill, it's always good yeah. too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, question from Ivan: um, Is current technology pigeonholing us into treatments that are too expensive to mass produce? Oh, that's a big uh, yeah. that's, that's a big broad sweeping uh, um, question. Um, I think our our biggest our, our probably biggest challenge is that most of the places where um, most of the places where the treatments are being produced is China, and they don't have the people to produce things currently. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's our that's our probably our biggest challenge. Yeah, uh, our, our dependency on global supply chains is yeah. I think what's going to yeah. really kill us in the long run. Um, yeah. yeah, that's definitely screwing us. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I want to circle back to one little thing too before I forget though. Uh, India, of course, tries to produce whatever China can for pharmaceuticals. They still get their ingredients from China. I get that, but interesting that India is only showing like what twelve cases for the entire country of one over one billion. I just find that hard to believe when they're so close to China. But anyway. Um, his actual question, though, yeah, I'd say it is pigeonholing us into treatments that are too expensive to mass produce. By the same token, though, we're also not dying at 30 anymore. So, I mean, right. the right. double-edged sword of these, these treatments is that they allow us to live way longer than we used to, mm-hmm. yep. but they're a little more convoluted than, like, leeches and bleeding, you know, mm-hmm. when they go to the barbers to get blood out to get you, make yourself feel better. Like, uh, it takes good with the bad, I guess, right? Yeah. 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 It'd be a lot easier if China would give us access to that biological warfare center where the whole thing came out of. But uh, it'd be, it'd be swell. Yeah. But, oh, I, I do believe you probably, <laughs> I love could, you, Kevin. Yeah, you could probably find a sample in Winnipeg, I'm sure. But yeah. yeah. That's where they got theirs, right? I mean, not to get my tinfoil hat on or anything. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. No one wears tinfoil hats around here. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, they're all sold out at tinfoil. Yeah. <laughs> not on camera. No. Yeah. I think it can definitely go without, uh, you know, certainly like F- down in the States, FDA regulations have definitely slowed down um, the process at which we can take on these sorts of crises and, and react to them. Um, when you have so many strict regulations in place about how you do things and how things are processed and how things are handled, um, that's certainly going to slow the process. So maybe not so much as the technology behind it, but uh, it just kind of the everything seems to be regulated to death down here, especially when it comes to healthcare, and, and that's all necessary when when everything's humming along just fine and things are normal. But then when you're faced with a crisis like this, um, the system just isn't set up to handle it, and it takes time to recognize which regulations are are slowing the process down and then eliminate those, and um, but, that's been yeah. another big part of it. But I mean, so. would you really want like if someone goes, "I've got the cure for the coronavirus. It's two weeks old." 
would you really want to try it? Like, well, exactly. And, and yeah. it's, it's a matter of finding that line, you know, finding the balance and, and yeah. everything else. But the challenge is the consequences, right? Like if, if we, if we rush this vaccine or this cure in a production and it turns out that we didn't grow it out enough or we didn't test it enough. And then instead of a coronavirus that is going to run its course and a few people might get sick, we end up with this like super zombie mutant virus. Yeah. Then, I mean, it, we have the I am legend problem, right? You know, right. Where they, they thought they found the cure for cancer and it was, you know, this great thing. And then all of a sudden we had a world full of zombies. Mm -hmm. So that's why we have those regulations in place. And overall they do a good job. And just like Gavin said, do you really, do you really want this thing that all of a sudden, you know, we didn't know what this was three months ago. It usually takes two years to create a vaccine. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden we've got something that works that, you know, defies all logic in terms of what we know about creating vaccines. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm with Gavin. I don't trust that. Yep. Yeah, no, I agree. Completely well, there's, there I mean, was actually, I, I, I'm not saying I'm anti-vax or anything else, but I'm just saying like the, back in the 70s, there was actually a vaccine that was rushed too fast. I can't remember, was it polio or was it, it was one of the ones, anyways, they actually had to pull it because they, they started giving yeah. it to people killed like one in 10. <laughs> they, they, yeah. they pulled it because they didn't yeah. do any proper testing on it because they were so worried about getting the the vaccine to market that they didn't they ended up like just saying whoa that was actually a bit of a mistake we'll take that one back and we'll put a better one in like a year later mm -hmm. um so yeah you don't want to rush it because i mean if, if, the, if the cure is worse than the actual disease where the disease rate has a three percent death rate and the vaccine has a 20 percent death rate you got a problem right yeah. So, so yeah. I, yeah. I mean, and back to the question. I don't think the technology is pigeonholing us. I think the bureaucracy is. But yes. I don't well, necessarily. Okay. I don't necessarily think that the bureaucracy is a bad thing in this case. Yeah. I'm sure there's. I'm sure there's a balance between um, getting the yeah. product of market appropriately and testing it properly first. Mm -hmm. If anything, the technology is going to help us in the long run. Yeah. I've got another uh, interesting comment here in the live chat from Jay. Just says uh, the panic can be worse than the disease. The panic is always worse yeah. than the disease. Yeah, I Absolutely. am. We saw 100 agree right. with that. Yeah, yeah. I like. I am not scared at all of getting the, the coronavirus. And and for all I know, I could potentially have it. I was in the UK right before they kind of showed the borders. I came back and I got a cold. And you know, it's been about a week and a half, two weeks, and like I'm starting to feel fine now. So I'm not really worried about it. Mm -hmm. And I'm not worried about it if I do actually get it from somebody else. I'm worried about the crazy people. Yeah, panicking now. Yep. I mean, there's there's already been guns pulled at the stores and fist fights, and this is like there are still resources available. Right. If, yeah. if this actually turns out to be something like really serious, or just the panic increases and not necessarily the severity of the actual virus, that's what I'm worried about. Is the people that like didn't get toilet paper but are mm -hmm. already yep. prone to violent action now go. Well, I'm all out of TP and can't wipe my butt, so I already robbed people, so I may as well go rob some TP from some people, right? Yeah. Like, yep. those are the that's people I'm worried about. Yeah, that's been, uh, as of just the last few days, kind of the focus of my preparedness is how can I hunker down here at home and, and protect myself? Because I would suspect that relatively soon we'll see an increase in robberies yeah. and break-ins. Uh, we know yeah. that, that law enforcement is going to pre be preoccupied with you know, enforcing any quarantines or setting up yep. these testing facilities. They're going to be yep. in the cities manning those. They're not going to be out here in the rural areas. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there was a, a food bank in, in Alberta that already got robbed, like last night, I think it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in uh, Edson, Alberta, there's some yeah. fine individuals there for sure. Yep. Yeah, you know, like, so it's already happening. Right. And like, we're not yeah. even in a, like a, 
a critical situation where supplies are scarce. They're out there. It's just people have hoarded them because they're idiots. Yeah, and, and at this point, a good a good majority of the supply chains are still intact. Uh, you know, across the states yeah. and across Canada, the sh- the trucks are still shipping products. You know, what happens if this this thing continues to spread and they start to limit that? Um, that's when it's going to really mm-hmm. get interesting, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I think if if we start shutting down our borders, and especially if we shut down the border to the U.S., mm-hmm. yep. I think we're going to be screwed because I mean, if you know good chunk of everything we buy comes in from the u.s mm-hmm. so well, uh, and they also they also provide us with a lot of our cash too like if we're shipping yeah. stuff south, whether it be softwood yeah. or whatever you know a uh, alberta oil you know the usual yeah stuff. yeah that that's super cheap alberta oil i guess right now but, yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah if it's not bad enough that we've got like a crazy pandemic our economy yeah. continues to go into the crapper, which, yeah, like, yep. yay, cheap gas, but also not yeah. good for the economy. No. Mm-hmm. Well, cheap, cheap gas for you guys. My gas is still at the $1.49 level. Hmm. Really? Yep. Well, I'd offer yes. to send some to you, but. Yeah. I, I haven't seen significant price drops here, uh, at least not like a lot of other places, but I just didn't want to wow. be out in the public, so I took the took advantage of my time this weekend to fill them up. Like, the so. cheapest I saw here today was about $0.78. Cents. Yeah, I I have not paid that little for gas in a no. very long time. Mm-hmm. Not me either. Like yeah, early two thousand. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I'm I mean I'm not sad about it for myself, but it's yeah, you know, it's a uh, um, yeah, it's it's a, it's a sign of the it's a sign of the real challenges that we're that we're seeing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, Ivan brought out the example of uh, ventilators for hospitals. They didn't exist a uh, hundred years ago. Uh, everyone did back then. Did everyone needing one just die or was it an old old world solution? Well, they had the iron lung before that. Yeah, and before that, yeah. there was, before that, there was the, literally a bellows was used to provide artificial respiration. Um, but I mean, the you know a hundred years ago, the average lifespan was thirty eight. 38 or 39 years or something, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think people tried menthol with steam, like, you know, like get a yeah. underneath it, a towel and the vent. Hey, that, is, yeah. that is hugely effective. I absolutely yeah. love that what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, Just don't do it like the Crocodile Dundee where you put the guy's cocaine in it and then ruin it. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but cocaine was also was also used in yeah. right? Yeah. It was also yeah. Coca-Cola. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, but I mean, there there were other solutions, um, and I mean, we can go back to the uh, the Doctor Bones episode that we had. What was that? Three, four, four, five episodes ago. Yeah, their book, Survival Medicine. Right when they, if you just read the introduction, and what yeah. they when they were writing that book was go back to medical texts that were a hundred years old. If you apply the techniques that they used a hundred years ago with the technology and knowledge we have now, you've got a really effective yeah. uh, you got a really effective system. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Will it will it be like, a, you know, a mask or a nebulizer would would probably speed the recovery? Does it is it an absolute requirement? Probably not, but it's it's just been kind of a standard. And I was using that as kind of one example, but it's been a standard op- standard of operation because it provides the best care to that person as quickly as possible, which is the the basic the basic model of most hospitals is to do the best good for as many people as possible as quickly as possible. Yeah, yeah no, I certainly think yeah. There's a lot of like old wives' tales out there that are just that and absolute garbage. However, there are some that have that little nugget of truth in them. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. 
and, and most of those old, most of those old wives' tales started with something true, and it got perverted. And so, if you go, yeah. go back and, and trace the source out, um, you can find your, you can find exactly how that started and where it started, and uh, and make it you know make it real and make it practicable instead of um, instead of just that uh, you know putting you know yeah. just leeches and maggots do good work. Uh, you know, I, yeah, I know someone that used leeches to treat a giant gaping wound, and it it worked. Yes, I I, I, I would imagine we're tro- we're probably thinking of the same person. It was a dog bite, right? A few years ago. Yes. Yes. So we're probably talking about the same person, and we have a really small. We have really a lot of people in common. Um, yeah, yeah. use leeches and maggots to yeah. to, uh, to to solve that problem when the you know the provincial government, like the the, the healthcare system, was planning on just changing wounds and dressings for five five plus years. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're they're they they healed up in like no time. Yep, it was unbelievable. So yeah, like it works, and there's there's yeah, lots of weird things that that work. But yeah, some technology stuff is good. Yep, <laughs> that's right. And there's and there's there's a time there's a time for the newest best technology, and there's a time to uh, go back to the old world. And there's some things that haven't changed in, in that time. I mean, uh, we've changed the we've changed the technique of CPR a little bit over the years. We've tweaked we've yep. tweaked. Based yeah. on knowledge, but the the fundamental technique of blood goes in, blood goes round and round, air goes in and out hasn't changed. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So we've we've applied old techniques with new knowledge, and we've got a better result with the same thing. Right, the technology hasn't changed much, just how we apply it. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think uh, I think there's we're gonna and I think we're gonna see that. Right, I think we're gonna you know the takeaway that we're gonna do from that we're going to get from this outbreak, like this pandemic, I think the takeaway, the big takeaway is that there's the best way isn't always the best way. Right? The, the yeah. traditionally accepted method is not always the best way to take, to solve the problem. Yeah. Although I, I, I was actually in my local surplus store today, not to get anything just because I like to, to poke my head in there every now and again. And I was talking to the guy behind the counter and he raised an interesting point. He said like, you know, if this had happened, you know, 15, 20 years ago, when prepping wasn't like a thing, like there was a handful of people that did it, but now with like all the TV shows and like the amazing podcasts, you know, that are out there that are, that are and, and books, like there's so many more people that are aware that like, this is a thing you should do, but still look at how many people are unprepared. Could you imagine? Like, yeah, oh, it'd be a, it'd be a complete zoo. Yep. But actually, uh, Bane Ironhand and Steve Brown uh, actually are going to combine these two. Um, yep. Actually, asking what the government's going to do in response to panic and riots. Um, well, the first thing the governments have done in various provinces, not all of them yet, is cancel post-secondary schools in K to twelve this year. Um, but they didn't tie that in with a order to stay home. So all these students, yeah. they're going to go run around, go to the mall, and everything else to have a great yeah. time. But I mean, it was it was good in sentiment, but I don't think in practice it's going to be very effective because it's not yeah. isolating. Oh, and in Ontario, they've canceled it for for three weeks. I guess with the idea of okay, March break coming up this week, everyone's going to travel, do their thing, come mm-hmm. back and quarantine for the the fourteen days. Yeah. The problem is people are just moving their trips and their plans ahead a week because it's cheaper because it's not March break. And then yeah. that quarantine time is gone. Uh, but they haven't they haven't said it's only three weeks. They've said we're going to yeah. close for the two weeks afterwards, and then we'll reassess. So I right. think yeah. what they're doing is they're, yeah. they're not they're not committing to anything other than those two weeks currently, which is I think yeah, frankly, fair enough. It is totally prudent. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Although I, thing that we're going to see, and I mean, what is what is the government going to do? Uh, the government is probably not going to shut down malls, but nope. stores are doing it themselves, right? Apple has shut yeah. down all the stores worldwide. Lululemon and like a lot of big retailers mm-hmm. are shutting down until further notice. A lot of other stores, again, the big chains especially, are going on reduced hours. And so what we're going to see is that the demand like the supply the supply of, of retailers is going to is going to shrink right down to nothing and so the malls are going to be closed and so there's going to be no choice but to have isolation i mean movie theaters are going down to like 50% capacity mm-hmm. uh, you're going to see you're going to see them shut yeah. down cuz now all of a sudden if you're at 50% capacity you're not making money movie theaters were already not making money so yeah. they're just going to close yeah. the doors for, they're just going to close their doors until this whole thing blows over oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Quebec has come out with all kinds of crazy restrictions where it's like libraries are closed, gyms are closed, these things are closed, those things are closed. Restaurants can remain open, but they're only allowed 50% of their capacity. Mm-hmm. And you must have like a meter of separation between each table. And isn't that how Italy started out? Yep. I think yeah. so, yeah. yeah. But yeah, all kinds of things. I mean, slowly, and now they're in full lockdown, right? I mean, if you want like my total tinfoil hat thing, like uh, what I'm worried about up here is is Trudeau enacting, what is it, the Emergencies Act? What was the War Measures Act? Because I mean, his father did it, so he gets to as well, right? Yeah, only makes yeah. sense. And I mean, if yeah. you start looking at like in the U.S., there's areas that are already started starting to kind of get some martial law ish type things going on. Yeah, so, like that's my concern is that you know he'll he'll enact that up here. And then given, you know, all the other stuff going on, he could use that and, you know, total tinfoil hat black pill moment. Like that's his chance to then go and take the guns from people as a public safety mm-hmm. thing, mm-hmm. much like they did like when the floods and high river and everything and all that, where it's like, Oh, we're, we're just doing this for public safety. Right. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I see your, I see your, uh, like I'm following the bouncing ball. I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. I, I just, I don't think. No, but it's like where I'm. Sure. Is it a yeah. possible outcome? Yes, absolutely. I mean, yeah. it's also a possible outcome that they could just fabricate the entire thing. Absolutely. Right? What was the, what was the, uh, the movie, uh, Robert De Niro was in Wag the Dog. They created, yeah. a, fake war created a fake war. Yeah. Just, just to solve, just to solve another problem. Yeah. Right. Is, is yeah. it possible? Yes. Do I think they do? You th- do I think they could do it? Yes. Um, do I think it's going to happen? Probably not. No, and, probably not. Although, if any government was going to do it, I could see this one doing it. That's that's the problem. Well, and I mean, especially you know, and again, we can kind of squirrel off on that. But I think, but you know, because they've got a minority, they know they're not going to stand for very long. This is kind of their their chance to smash and grab. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, again, I really, I, I really think they've got better things to do. You know, I think they've got they've got like. They don't have they don't have enough emergency personnel to both keep the peace and enforce a problem. Well, yeah, that's, uh, they're, yeah. they're on a fixed clock too. Before that, a lot of these uh, first responders decide to stay home and take care of their family mm-hmm. versus take care of the public. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's not a yeah. slap against first responders. That's that's human nature, right? That's happened, before. especially in in the smaller towns where they're going to be yeah. overwhelmed and and just be exhausted. Yeah, I mean, I I already know that uh, a friend of mine works bylaw in the area. And uh, they've been put on as essential services because getting parking tickets and making sure you cut your lawn is very important to, you know, peace and order and safety and all of that stuff. So well, I mean, fact, if you park illegally, coronavirus is coming. Yeah. But it, but it also, it also produces a sense of normalcy, right? If people think, yeah. they can, if people think they can get away with not cutting their lawn, 
right? Well, yeah. I mean, there's certainly a, a sidewalk. Then, then you reduce the rule of law. And as long as we, as long as we're continuing the most normal life possible, then we're not letting panic set in, right? And if yeah. anybody can point to a time in history when panic has ever been the solution. I'll stand corrected, but I'm going to go ahead and say that panic is never the solution, and the closer we are to normal, the the further we are from panic. Yeah. 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 But, I mean, the, those, uh, those bylaw officers asked if they were going to be getting hazard pay like all the other people because they're going to be expected to be out in the community interacting, mm -hmm. and they're like, um, no. So that's probably not going to last for very long. No. Because <laughs> no, it's, it's got to be one or the other, right? Either you're an essential yeah. Get hazard pay or your non-essential service and you get to stay home like it's it's yeah funny. yeah make up your mind and yeah we've got uh, a couple other good comments here in the live chats we've got uh blizzard fpv says uh fear is the best control fear's the only wrong yep. yeah 100 agree with that yep and then we've got another one uh from uh, bane iron hand and just says uh emergency powers is the things that worries me the most uh if they come from my toilet paper i need my firearms to stop the butt wipe looting yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think we, well, we had the we had told the guys to read that what three or four weeks ago, just uh, as a, as a bit of a primer for what's coming. And yeah, it might be good to remind people to take a look at it. Section yeah, yeah. Section Five B allows them to to do it, which is a uh, disease on on humanity. So yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. It's, I th I think again, I think we're a really long way from that, but depends on depends on how far it goes. Yeah, yeah. And we're not anywhere near there yet, but it could potentially be a thing. Yep. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it, it and not even like virus related, but just people panicking related and wanting yeah. the government to look good in front of it, right? Like, we've got to do something, so we better do this to make everyone feel better. Yeah, that's going to be the number one problem, right? Is is people just freaking out and blowing this into yeah. a huge mm -hmm. thing that it maybe potentially isn't? And yeah, once uh, once people start freaking out, you, it's it's hard to control them and bring them back down. Right? Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, you look at the people that are already walking around. Yeah. And, surgical masks and or yep. like p100 respirators and like rubber gloves and everything and it's like if you don't put your damn goggles on it's all for naught yeah. and here you are just touching your face anyways with your gloved hand yeah. so you, you're just being paranoid but you're not even being paranoid in the yeah. right way oh you took your mask yeah. off to itch your nose and you put your mask back on uh, or to like take yeah. a sip of water or eat yeah. something oh, or, nhl play of the week i don't know if you guys yeah. saw that one but there were the lady was uh she was the health minister down the state somewhere <laughs> And she was explaining how no matter what, don't touch your face, don't put your finger yeah, anywhere near like your mouth. Thirty seconds later, she's like, oh. she she licks her finger to turn yeah. the page of the book. I was like, oh, oh, like who still does that, yeah. especially during a pandemic? Well, yeah, and I think like uh, the the UK health minister actually has been tested positive for coronavirus. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. well, the Iranian too, the Iranian yeah. health minister, and a couple other ones like the uh, yeah. the irony's not lost on me. Yeah, and Mrs. Trudeau. Yeah, well, I mean that one's kind of less. Honestly, I think that one's less important. I mean that's that's kind of yeah. she she's does. she's basically one. She's she's basically more of a celebrity than a than a person who should know better. But the people yeah. who are in charge of the health system becoming becoming sick, and I think mostly again that that points to the reality that we just we just don't have any control over it. We never have, and we probably never will. It's mm -hmm. going to have to run the course. Our, our saving grace is that summer is coming and that these viruses don't tend to live terribly long in a, in a hot environment. That's yeah. why we have a flu season in the cold and not in the summer. Yep. Oh, it's true. It's yeah. uh, it, it's going to be interesting, and I think the biggest thing that's going to affect everybody is just the, the uh, fear of the unknown sorry. right now. Yeah. Another, right. Another, one of the things that I put in, the, in in my notes about this is I want to you know remind everybody that the hot, like, 
Hospitals are where sick people go. Avoid hospitals. Don't mm-hmm. go to the yeah. hospital. Yeah. When you're quarantined and you're doing your thing at home, don't put yourself in a position you're going to get hurt and have to go to the hospital. Yeah, right. Take it easy. Have a good first aid kit. Be able to be able to patch yourself up. I was out cutting trees today. I've got a couple of cuts and scratches on me. I'm going to take super good care of those. Make sure they don't get infected. So that I don't, so I don't have to go to the hospital, right? Mm-hmm. If you know a broken a broken bone could turn into a deadly virus if you don't yep. do your thing yep. properly. So, That's a great point. Um, Alan, it is. It's it's be smart. Be smart about your contact, right? Avoid the contact yep. wherever you can. You know you can you can order absolutely anything on Amazon. You don't have to go to a grocery store necessarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you don't have, have to open the door. Just tell them to leave it outside. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just I, tell them to leave it outside, right? Give it, give yeah. it a couple hours, take the box down, like unbox it yeah. inside, clean yeah. it, bring it inside, right? You, you can do push that it out into the sunlight, kind of yeah, or install yeah, some exactly. of those UV yeah. lights. I mean, it, we make right? we right. kind of make light of it, but it's it's it, it's a pra- it's a it's a it's a a good way to avoid contact, right? If you can avoid going to those places, going mm-hmm. to places where other people are, you're less likely to contract the virus. Yep. That's a great point. And, and uh, honestly, so I've got just on my property, really the only access by vehicle is up the driveway. So I actually tonight I went ahead, I've got an older pickup truck with a topper on it. I went right ahead and parked it across the driveway and just put a sign on there that says, uh, please leave packages in the back of the truck. Um, you know, my Perfect. wife's a soap maker, so yeah. she's she gets things shipped here rather frequently. Um, as far as our supplies go, you know, we're set up to to kind of ride this out for a while. So we, I don't see myself needing to go to the store. So, yeah. you know, why sit around and wait for something to happen? Be proactive about it. Um, I don't have to worry about someone driving up and potentially breaking in or stealing. I don't have to worry about packages now. It's all hundreds and hundreds of feet away from the house. Um, just peace of mind. Yeah. And, that, and I mean, that's anyone that, that, that didn't get out to the store to pick anything up, um, yeah, great way to do it. And like a lot of grocery stores are still doing delivery of things they have in stock. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening live mm-hmm. and don't have your TP yep. or your canned food or whatever it is, yeah. get yep. that order in right now and it'll Seriously. show up tomorrow. Yep. Yep. Or I think it's just a matter of days before we see, uh, and we're already seeing it in a few states down here. I think Illinois today just announced that uh, like restaurants and movie theaters are completely closed. So so we're going to see a lot of those non-critical um, businesses and things uh, you know, basically be shut down for the next few months. Uh, it's going to be interesting from a logistics standpoint, what, uh, you know, what kind of jobs and what line of workers we keep in place. Obviously, we need truckers to, to deliver these goods to the stores. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see how they figure this all out and how they actually keep stores uh, supplied. But that was that was basically the first thing yeah. that uh, the vice president Pence um, announced tonight was, "Don't worry, the stores are going to be stocked. We just want to encourage people to buy your normal grocery loads. Take that for what it is." Um, yeah. yeah, but then you know, especially like we said earlier, like Apple and some of these bigger corporations are getting ahead of that curve, and right, they're it's they're seen- already creating company policy that we're our store is closed so yeah big grocery chains well yeah they may be allowed to be open they may be worried about whatever potential legal Mm -hmm. ramifications to their employees or customers so they're like it's not worth it we're going to just shut down we've made our fortune on hand sanitizer and toilet paper we can (laughs) shut down for two weeks you know yeah or it could be the same situation we were discussing earlier where emergency responders just stop showing up to work well those grocery store employees are probably going to stop showing up as well right well, yeah, yeah why, would, why would they want to risk getting yep. sick from somebody that breaks quarantine or whatever? Yep. Uh, there is a there's a rumor floating around from uh, a group I listened to that uh, mentioned that Ontario is talking lockdown tomorrow. So 
take it for what it what you want, but I mean, whether or not it mm-hmm. happens, but uh, that's just a reminder yeah. going to give it to me. So. I, I think the grocery store employees yeah. are far more likely to stop showing up than yeah. the first responders. Yeah. Most yeah, likely. $14 an hour is not enough for me to show up to work when there's a no. bunch of people sick and no. there's nothing on the shelves to sell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm just going to show up to work and get screamed at because there's nothing on the shelves. Yep. Yeah. I yeah. could see your smaller mom and pop shops, uh, like all my rural communities, you know, your small grocery shops. I could see them doing that. But I think, uh, you know, I think the federal government will have to step in at some point because they're not going to let millions of people starve to death, or at least hopefully not. Yeah. Um, but we've got to also keep in mind that. Uh, you know, large corporations like Walmart and, and they depend on our business. So if we're not going to the stores, if they're not staying open, they go out of business. So at what point, you know, yeah. at what point would a federal agency step in and take over of that? So I guess personally, yeah. I, I don't think that's going to be a too big of a problem, at least for your larger businesses. But I, I could definitely see that happening for some of your smaller local businesses. Yeah. But I mean, that's going to come at a cost, right? Like, I mean, I was talking about it with somebody the other day and they're like, one of the things that people are looking at doing in some of the other countries are doing is like, oh, well, if you pay rent, you don't have to do that. Right. And it's like, okay, great. But like, what if my job is owning a bunch of apartment buildings and now nobody needs to pay rent yep. and now I don't have income? Like, what do mm-hmm. I do? And then so like, right. oh, well, you, you know, still have a mortgage. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah. yeah, I own my property. I don't rent it. So like, do I have to pay all of that? And then like, you start looking at, well, then like, you know, basic income or whatever they want to call it, you know, it's like, okay, great. But like, that comes at a cost. Mm-hmm. So, if nobody's working, nobody's paying into the system to put the money in for basic income, but now we're all getting it. We're going to just dig that hole deeper. Yep. Yep. And you know, yeah, it all sounds great, but like it just makes us more and more and more dependent on government. Mm -hmm. Uh, And for those that don't know, I'm kind of against that. If you couldn't tell. (laughs) No way. You mean we can't borrow our way into prosperity? Come on now. That's how it worked. Yeah, we might be able to, but then our kids are going to pick up the bill yeah. for that one. Deficits mm-hmm. are just a way of the government showing success or something like that, right? Yeah. That. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. It's, uh... Anyway, but you know, I've, I have actually noticed a few of the stores uh, arbitrarily let me cut their own hours as well. Um, oh, yeah. I, I mentioned, or I just saw Jay Lewis's comment. I think she had, I stole his Corona Geddon. Uh, Say, yeah, Corona Eclipse. Yeah, Corona Eclipse. Yeah, Corona Apocalypse or yeah, Corona Apocalypse, something like that. Yeah, I borrowed that expression off him earlier, but he mentioned that uh, yeah, grocery stores have already cut hours. Yeah, I've noticed that at a few different stores as well. Um, that Walmart, uh, Walmart limited hours from six a.m. to eleven p.m. Um, so that's kind of a big deal. They most of their stores, or I should say, most a lot of them are twenty four seven stores. And uh, actually, my mom's been working at Walmart uh, just outside the Twin Cities there for nineteen years, and. Um, she said it's the craziest it's ever been, uh, even in terms of Black Friday and stuff. That the, the shelves are just wiped out. I stopped there on my way home Friday, and I couldn't believe just the uh, the canned goods were wiped out, all the toilet paper, everything. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, it's uh, the the whole herd mentality of you know panic, panic, panic is is certainly mm-hmm. taking over right now. But yeah, it should be some interesting bartering going on later. Like I've got fifty pounds of, or fifty cans of uh, like was it spam. And I'll trade you for like a couple of cans of beans because I didn't get any of those. And yeah, uh, what I'm waiting for is uh, everybody to line up at the return uh, the return counter if this blows over. Mm -hmm. Would you take toilet paper back? (laughs) No, (laughs) lightly used. Slightly used, yeah, yeah, not fully used. The other side's still good. Yeah, (laughs) we're already overstocked on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's going to be interesting, but hopefully, uh, hopefully things blow over, but. 
I think we're going to be in this for the long haul for a little while, and it's going to be something we're going to be dealing with for for the foreseeable future, anyways. Well, I think the good yeah. news is, uh, to Gavin's point further on or further back there, is that um, rather than seizing guns, I'm pretty sure that the law enforcement agencies will be more uh, engrossed in like dealing with petty crime, break-ins, like theft, uh, yeah. you know, sure assaults, so. and everything else yeah. over the course mm-hmm. of the short term than anything else, uh, because people are stupid, yeah. and uh, yep. <laughs> They'll be so tied up with that they won't have time to go and steal like Farmer John's duck gun, right? And and Gavin's like yeah. more than duck guns. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sold sold them all. Sold yeah, them all. that's right. Yeah. Well, oh, I, I understand you have a thing for bical single shots, right? Yeah, so, my old Cooey twenty two. That's right. They're 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 yeah. you know yeah. they're pretty band proof. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we've uh, we've bantered on about this for for just over an hour, so I guess maybe we will. Well, maybe we'll bring stuff to a close here. There's all kinds of stuff that we could certainly talk about, and I'm mm-hmm. sure we could uh, fill another hour or two on on this topic. But uh, yeah, we'll bring so it to an end for tonight, so we can talk about it yeah. next time, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. We're we're obviously going to uh, keep talking about this for most likely the foreseeable future as well, because it's mm-hmm. going to be something that uh, that's uh, pulling out a bunch of uh, uh, people in the prepper world and and people that aren't in it are, are starting to jump on the bandwagon last second. So yeah, we're certainly yeah. going to be talking about it for the foreseeable future, but. Let's uh, let's wrap it up for this evening. I think it's some uh, some good info to get out there to everybody, and hopefully, uh, if you haven't already stocked up, you uh, you've hopefully got some stuff in the, in your local stores that you can uh, get a few things stocked away and and put away. And if that lockdown in uh, Ontario does happen, well, I'll start streaming live twenty four seven. We'll start. We'll just start like have an open open uh, live chat forever, and we'll just start randomly yeah. ranting and having, yeah. having a grind my gears section and the whole works. Yes. Yeah, yeah, we are, we talked about it in the pre show and. Uh, if uh, if a Canada wide lockdown happens, we're just going to start uh, streaming twenty four seven and provide entertainment yeah. for everybody. So yeah, I'm going to be so drunk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, it doesn't get to that point. But if it does, everybody, you're going to have uh, you're going to have some yeah. endless entertainment. Yeah. So uh, with that, let's move into the podcast challenge. All right, uh, kind of timely. We figured we should just get you to make one last grocery run for needed items, not yeah. want items or toilet mm-hmm. paper. Uh, enough to get by for a month uh, under lockdown. So I would say you probably have one solid day left before panic hits and yeah. make a count, make a list before you go, yeah. only only buy what you need. And then yeah. let us know if there's anything that you found that all of a sudden you were really surprised you didn't have any of. Let yeah. us know. We might, it might help other people uh, realize what they're missing as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you're going to film videos, make sure that it's horizontally so we yes. can watch it properly on our screens. Yeah, that'd be great. Much and, Yeah, and I want if I want to hear these stories about all these mass panics going on, pictures or it didn't happen, right? Like we want to yeah. <laughs> pictures. Yeah. So we'll, we'll post them up on the uh, the website or the uh, the Absolutely. Facebook page for yeah. sure, and we'll discuss them on the next episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's move into upcoming events that uh, are not running off to the grocery store. <laughs> they're, all the paper. Yeah. Yeah. they're all canceled. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this, this should be interesting, actually. Yeah. Uh, Podcaster Charity Shoot, hosted by Slamfire Radio, July 4th, 2020, in Balmoral, New Brunswick, at the Rest of Goose Gun Club. Uh, this year's charity choice is the Rod Harkwell Memorial Fund, and you can now register on Practice Score to buy tickets for this event. $25 gets you in and uh, bring lots of cash otherwise for uh, food and other fun stuff while you're there. All right, and uh, you know we've mentioned the uh, annual preppers meet the, the last uh, at least month and a half or two months. Uh, it is apparently tentatively canceled. I don't believe it's because of COVID nineteen, um, but uh, word is that it may not be going ahead. So we'll provide updates uh, if we if we receive them. But uh, for now, it's sounding like it's going to be a no go. Unfortunately, that was a bummer. Uh, emergency preparedness week is May third through the 9th. So tune into the podcast. We'll be talking about uh, 
everything in emergency <laughs> preparedness, I guess. <laughs> the, the, the importance of preparedness? I don't know. Yeah. It's going to be a completely different topic than any other episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And Gavin, you want to read uh, TACCOM? Yeah. Just pulling that up right now. So TACCOM Canada 2020 is September 11th to 13th, currently still going on. So don't worry, folks. Uh, lots of time between now and then for the whole virus thing to blow over. But the Canadian Pro-Gun Podcasters Network will be in attendance at TACOM 2020. Your favorite podcasters, along with some of your not-so-favorite ones, will be on hand throughout the show. So make sure to stop by the booth to meet them. Uh, I'll be there. Uh, a few of the other guys will be there. You know, pick up some swag. Uh, you can check the details down at uh, tacomcanada.ticks123, yada, yada. Just follow the link in the show notes. Uh Thank you to the, what, four people that have bought tickets so far. I know it's a way out, but, like, plan ahead, guys. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I was there working the Ragnarok booth last year. I'll be in the podcast one this year. Super fun. Good times. Uh, come buy us a drink. And if you uh, use that link, we get a buck. That helps yeah. us. Yeah. Yeah. So, we need a lot of dollars. We need a lot of dollars to pay for the internet because it's yeah. astronomically expensive. Yeah, and, and all wear N95 masks. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna need those as well, and a lot of bottles of rye. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, or maybe yeah. just some distilled water because I apparently have a talent to turn that into rye. So, yeah, that works too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll move into some shout-outs. Uh, so I've got one shout-out uh, to listener Nathan uh, just for the kind feedback. He mentioned that uh, listening to our podcast uh, made it so he didn't have to rush out and uh, stockpile food or anything because uh, he was already ready to go for all this. So appreciate that. Quite a nice comment. That's uh, exactly why I started this podcast up was uh, to get the word out, and I was kind of happy to see that. So, uh, I got no shouts this week. Nothing for me either. All right then. Well, then we will uh, we'll move into uh, email and iTunes reviews. So we are up to forty nine five stars. We've got uh, five four stars, two three stars, one two star, and one one stars. So we've got the entire board covered. It's great. And that, that one little guy's still there. He still bugs me, but not as much as now that we've got the whole board filled. <laughs> and we've got an email from uh, from a listener. Uh, so I'll read it out here. It uh, says, I live in the GTA. Sorry about that. Uh, I'm still sort of new to firearms and uh, totally green in terms of, pre of prepping. Uh, I'm kind of screwed as downtown apartment dweller. And uh, to top it off, I just got diagnosed with uh, terminal pancre uh, pancreatic cancer. Uh, but, uh, he's got uh, five months on chemo and uh, giving the disease a pretty good fight so far. So happy to hear that you're giving it a good fight. Uh, this is not a woe is me note. Uh, I will kill the cancer or it kills me uh, or, the kill, or the chemo kills us both. So at least he's got a sense of humor. That's great. Uh, got uh, lots of questions, some probably silly and you've heard before, but uh, let's get to work. So uh, the first question, I'll read them out and then I'll let the panel start uh, start answering them from there. So uh, first question is, any thoughts on a good radio, electrical, or battery-powered? Um, I'd love something so that I can listen uh, on, say, uh, international police band, uh, as well as local. Uh, I'm forced to retire, so uh, getting a ham license is needed. I don't mind, uh, but knowing what is happening is important. Couldn't agree more with that. Uh, I'm going to have to bug in. I can't uh, handle cold, and chemo is every two weeks. Uh, until that gets locked down or terminated, any security suggestions? Uh, should I look at uh, spider locks or something to say secure my door? Uh, the door is concrete, for instance. Uh, and then can I obtain a stockpile of, say, a veterinary or other antibiotics just in case? Uh, suggestions for sourcing. 
And then uh, any suggestions for uh, for a bugging guy? Uh, I'm 55. I was in good health and fitness level before this hit. Uh, we'll try to up my fitness level over the next few weeks or months. Uh, any help would be great. So I'll take on question number one. Uh, being in the GTA, there are lots of ham radio options for you. Uh, lots of repeaters in the area. Uh, an active, a very active uh, ham radio club. Um, so I would get in contact with them first off the hop and uh, talk to them about licensing and talk to them about uh, getting access to the repeaters and learning how the, the network in, in the GTA right. operates. Um, as far as any kind of listening to law enforcement or emergency services, you're going to hit a barrier there. Unfortunately, a lot of them are going to be encrypted. Uh, doesn't mean you can't still. A lot of them will be running uh, like P25, so you can't get radios that can decrypt them, but uh, it's going to be tricky, and a lot of them are going over to uh, like mobile data terminals and such, so it's going to be just text on the screens of uh, computers in various cars or various um, vehicles that they're driving in. So you're not going to get much, but doesn't mean you, you can't hear certain things. So uh, a good option for you would be uh, check out radioreference.com for your specific area and see what frequencies are available, um, see what frequencies are, or what kind of encryption is running on them. Uh, flip an email into feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. And uh, once you figure out what's in your area, I'll help you kind of figure out what kind of equipment you need to listen. Yeah. And you don't need your ham license if you're going to just nope. listen. Nope. Nope. You don't. Um, uh, but yeah, you, you can get access like saying to, to certain police and other emergency service bands. I have a radio because yeah. um, I do first responder stuff that, that does that. But like, it's just because one of our guys is handy with radios and knows how to program them. So he just programmed the frequencies into mine. So there's nothing illegal or wrong about doing so. You just won't be able to, to, to say anything on it, but you'll be able to hear what's going on. And you can still transmit it in an emergency situation. Yeah, correct. Yes, for ham radio, yes. You're yes. absolutely allowed to, to transmit. Yes. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I'm going to have to bug in. I can't have a cold and chemos every two weeks. Uh, so looking at locks, uh, there is something called a barricade. Um, you can Google that one as well. Uh, that's just basically like the old style, like medieval, you know, bar that comes across the, uh, the, the, the door. Depends if your apartment actually will allow you to drill into the door frame and yeah. install extra stuff. Yeah. That's, that's part of the problem. We're just, you know, do, do it anyways. Do it anyways. Uh, forgiveness yeah. versus permission thing. Yep. yep. Um, extra deadbolt. I'm sure they'll allow you to at least put a second deadbolt in. Uh, yep. There is like uh, floor mounted, like uh, metal barricades you can put in there. Uh, Home Depot sells like little $20 ones that flip over the side. They're like an extra deadbolt for you. Yeah. Um, honestly, at this point, if, if somebody's really determined, they'll get the old Halligan bar in there and they'll open it up anyway. Mm -hmm. So uh, all you're doing is delaying it. I mean, so it depends on how much you okay. want to delay the guys for, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, good locks make good neighbors. But yeah, anyone yeah. that uh, that wants to get in, yeah, it's just it's time. So the better your locks and the better your door and the better everything else, just means it's going to take longer for that person to get in. So, you know, yeah, you make it as difficult as possible so that they just go elsewhere, right? Blizzard FPV in the live chat's got a suggestion. Mentions uh, air nailer and a two by six. Yep. Sometimes yeah, solutions yeah. don't have to be expensive. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if it's like a holy crap, I need to do this right away. Right, the second, yep. Right. Yeah, you can do that. I mean, there, there's a lot of things. I would stay away from like those chain things or like yeah. the hotel bar with the little knob um, yeah. because those can be defeated with a playing card and or a rubber band. So yep. not all that effective. But yeah, like a mm -hmm. big ass bar that goes across the door, especially if your door opens inward, not outward, uh, it's going to work really well. <laughs> Yep. Um, 
yeah, check out our Fortifying the Doomstead episode. I think we talked quite yeah. a bit about uh, security yeah. and locks and doors in that episode. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just uh, what's the quote? Uh, the more advanced the the thing, the the more primitive the solution. Uh, something like that. So, like, if you have some crazy high tech lock, like it's going to get defeated by like squirting water into it or something stupid yeah. like that, or, or so, a like, magnet or whatever. Yeah. So, like, the the more brutal and medieval you go in terms of your security that the more difficult it's going to be for somebody to get in and like yeah there's all kinds of stuff you can do but like mm -hmm. how crazy do you want to get right like i mean you could you know on all your windows nail two by fours down with nails also facing the other way so that people can't climb in your windows but like that's a little excessive yeah Maybe for now, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not saying don't have them ready, but, like, you don't have to install them right now. Yeah. No. Yeah. All right. Uh, last one, I, or next one, is, can I obtain a stockpile, say, veterinary or other antibiotics just in case? I suggest you go to Dr. Joe Alton's Dr. Bones yes. and Nurse Amy YouTube site mm -hmm. and uh, watch their stuff on fish antibiotics, and yep. they'll probably have way more information than I could possibly explain to you about how to uh, properly source everything and what uh, what medications are good for what. So I would recommend going to uh, watch Dr. Bone stuff that is strictly for entertainment purposes, but uh, mm -hmm. it is information for you. I'd also suggest getting his book um, and read that over because he talks about how to use them effectively and, and, and all that kind of stuff, which would be useful as well. So mm -hmm. yeah, worth the read. Yep. And then uh, suggestions for a bug-in guy. Uh, well, first of all, you're immune compromised for uh, with, the, with the chemotherapy. Uh, I'm sure they've already given you the right act about not catching cold or anything else. Um, so for you, uh, food delivery. Don't go yep. out. Yep. <laughs> you're, bu yep. you're bugging in with chemotherapy with or without a coronavirus. So yep, I would uh, say limit your outdoor exposure as best you can. And uh, Amazon is your friend at that point. Yep. But uh, so as far as especially in your situation, you're, you're a bugging guy no matter what. Yeah. So... Yeah, no choice um, in the matter. It's, yeah. yeah that's make sure you got enough food storage and, and water stocked up, ready to go, and ride out the storm. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, that's about it. Yeah. That, uh, hopefully, we've answered the, uh, the questions enough for you. And if you uh, need anything else answered, feel free to follow up with another email. And anybody else out there that's got questions, uh, absolutely find, uh, fire an email into feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. We're always happy to answer questions that you may have. And, uh, put it out to the panel and, and you can get a whole round table of answers for any question you may uh, may have or may come across. Okay. So with that, I will bring episode number 59 of the uh, Canadian Prepper podcast to an end. Uh, you can find the podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Uh, please help us out. Submit a review. It helps other people find us. And we record these shows live on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, if you want an early peek at the shows, please subscribe to the YouTube channel, Canadian Prepper Podcast and click on the notifications tab. That will give you alerts when we're going live. Uh, if you got any questions or advice for me, you can email me at tyler at prepperpodcast.ca. Gavin, where can everybody find you? Uh, I mean, there was a bunch of places you would have been able to find me live and in person, but they've all been canceled. But uh, as of right <laughs> now, uh, the best place to find me is you can find me on the Instagrams at urbex underscore GTA. Right on. Uh, you can reach Ian directly by emailing me at theislandretreat at gmail.com. And you can also find myself and Gavin on Canadian Patriot Podcast on iTunes, iTunes and YouTube on uh, Monday nights. There you can find us discussing why government waste triggered my Asperger's. <laughs> <laughs>
All right. Uh, so you can uh, find me at uh, rapidsurvival.com uh, while you're attempting to purchase some prepper gear. I'm a little low on stock currently, uh, but I do still have live chat that operates. So if you want to chat with me there and, and send me angry messages about being out of stock on everything, join the crowd. Uh, and you can also email me at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. Uh, and until next time, uh, be prepared, stay safe, and keep learning. <laughs>